0: Hey everybody, welcome back to this special 10th episode of Reading with Celebrities. We made it! Woo! Yay! I'm Lindsay. And I'm Tiffany. And today is a normal check-in, but we're also going to do some top 10 lists to celebrate our 10th episode.
1: Yeah, and we each have two separate lists that we're doing, and we know what each other's list is, but we don't know what's on each other's list. So that'll be exciting.
0: Yes, I think are you'll you... be surprised. I think you'll be surprised with what I have.
1: Yeah, and are you counting it down? Like, are you going to go ten to one?
0: Oh yeah, I'm going to go ten oh. to one. Oh
1: yeah, I go got to... ten to one, okay. and then I
0: got a special shout out.
1: Oh um, well, I don't have a special shout out, but okay.
0: Well, it was, um, it was the first book by this author that I read, oh, okay. and so I was. It holds a special place in my heart. So oh, that's
1: cute. Um. Also, <coughs> yeah. Before we get into that, we can do like a little. Just weekly check-in. Last week's episode was the first episode for Anna Karenina, parts one and two. Um, We butcher some names. Uh, (laughs) I complain that people have multiple of the same name. Um, But yeah, let us know what you thought. And then next week's episode will be episodes three or parts three and four of Anna Karenina. Um, I'm not far into that. I think I'm only like three or four chapters into part three. But I think my problem is is like part three starts out with Levin, and I find his chapters so boring. I find them. Why are we
0: talking about his farm?
1: (laughs) Like, I just find his chapters so boring. I'm like, I need to get into like more of the other characters that I enjoy. But so that's where I'm at with that. And then I'm still enjoying the girls by Emma Klein right now.
0: So nice. I um, did not get any reading done this week. Just yeah, I didn't. I didn't sad get in you. many ways, but I just felt yeah. like this was a it was a weird week for me. It was one of those weeks where it was Thursday, but it felt like it was Saturday. But then it was and then Friday. I don't know. I got all screwed up with my days this week. Yeah, for whatever reason. So yeah, I didn't. We had a disaster in our kitchen.
1: Yeah, that was
0: pretty funny. Yeah, hood over the oven fell off.
1: I sent sent Lindsay a text of like, were you able to get the episode edited? And she's like, all she did was send me this picture. She's like, no.
0: Okay. um, (laughs) Yeah, our entire hood over our oven. We went to actually go fix it, and it just caused the whole thing to fall off. So kitchen's in a little bit of a disaster zone right now, which is why episode was uploaded late Wednesday instead of on its normal Tuesday (laughs) but yeah
1: Um, but we are recording a day earlier than when we normally record yes so hopefully we can get that and then so next week I will be out of town but I do plan on bringing like my computer and the mic and that um, because we're staying in a hotel so I'm sure I can find an hour or so to spare to record parts three and
0: four that podcast hustle
1: yes they're gonna be like ma'am what's in your bag <laughs> <laughs> what is this mic <laughs>
0: it's just a microphone like hey guys <laughs> i'm gonna actually record on the plane <laughs> <laughs> like lean over to the person in front of you hey, you hey, read it?
1: hey what do you i'm just gonna walk down the plane like walk down the aisle and if anybody's reading
0: just like okay please tell me about your book like, Ma'am, please leave me alone. Like, Tell me about yeah. your book. <laughs> Ma'am, please sit down. <laughs> Ma'am, the pilot has turned on the fasten and seatbelts on.
1: <laughs>
0: no, but seriously, what book are you reading? <laughs> yeah. So
1: I'm hoping I'll be done with um the girls before I leave. And then what I really want to do is I think we mentioned the book Red Queen before, that it was like what I read in Costa Rica. Yes. I really want to read the second one, but I think I want to do like a quick read of the because it didn't take me that long to read it, Mm -mm. Red Queen. So I was like, maybe that can be my book to read on my trip along with Anna Karenina. And then I can be ready for book two because it's on hold at the library. I have three books on hold at the library. All of them had like, I was like 30 plus in line and literally two days later, like all books are ready for you. Like I don't
0: understand. (laughs) Not ready for this.
1: I was not ready. That's why I put him on hold. So but yeah. Okay, are we ready to do our top 10?
0: Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do, I think I've mentioned it before, but I'm a big fan of horror novels and spooky things, scary things, which is why I always get so amped at Halloween and the month of October in general. So I'm going to do my top 10 favorite Stephen King books. Pretty classic horror guy. You may have heard of him.
1: Who? No. Who? Who? Sorry, what? Mm-hmm. And I am just going to do um, the top 10 books that I want to f- read by the end of this year. I have more than that that's on my TBR. Um, I-, I didn't include anything on my Kindle. These are just books that were on my book cart that... I really hope to get to by the end of this year. A lot of them are ones that I got for Christmas. Um, and I'll try to give a synopsis of each one. And I think we're going to go back and forth.
0: Yep, that works. Cool. All right. You want me to go? Sure. Drum roll. Number 10 is... That was beautiful. Uh, Firestarter, which was turned into a movie starring little Drew Barrymore. Um, but it's about this this man trying to protect his daughter from this company, and she's got the ability, like some telekinesis power. She, Firestarter, kind of gives it away um, when she gets upset or anything. She's a little girl, she's only like four or five, I think. She gets upset, or she starts lighting things on fire. Um, and it was, I would say it's, it's, Stephen King for me kind of goes in two directions either it's like just pure horror like some of the other books on the list that I have or just like straight up scary and then other ones where it's a little bit more you know horror in the sense of what if somebody was coming after your child and you had to do everything you could to protect them um still scary to think about but two different directions and so this one for me I remember reading it and like feeling the love the dad had for his daughter and trying to protect her and thinking about like how scary it must be to be this little kid that got these these special things about him they can't control and people are coming after him so I thought it was just a fun book um basically what I did was I went through all of the a list of all the books that he's written and kind of just started throwing in ones that I had read and placed some in order and this one came in 10th. I fond memories nice. of this book.
1: Nice. Um You've definitely read more than me. I think I have read three?
0: I think I you've definitely read Gerald's Game. It was, uh...
1: I've read four then, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe after you complete your list, I'll say which ones I've read to see if, if they made it. If, or if you do Say one that's on your list that I've read, then I will be
0: like, hey, I read that one. But I would, I mean, I would throw, if you are not, like, super scary, if you don't like anything like that, but you still want to read more Stephen King, like, this is one that I would throw out there as reading, because it's more, like I said, it's not not ghosts, not anything like that. It's, it's closer to, to thriller, I would say, supernatural thriller than anything, so...
1: Cool. Awesome. Um, So, like I mentioned, my top 10 is books I want to read by the end of the year. Some of these books you'll probably hear again when we do our fall TBR episode. And I think I think we are going to separate a fall TBR and a spooky TBR for October.
0: Because that would be super fun. Spook. Spooky. Okay. So
1: the first one is Broken Monsters. Yes. Is it Lauren Bukes?
0: Um, bucus? I think it's
1: Bucus. Bucus? Okay. So I also did not realize this when I was reading the back of it, but she wrote The Shining Girls, which you've mentioned mm-hmm. a few times on here. So Lindsay actually got this for me for Christmas. So this one says um, Detective Gabriella Versado has seen a lot of bodies, but this one is unique even by Detroit standards. Half boy, half deer somehow fused together. As stranger and more disturbing bodies are discovered, how can the city hold on to a reality that is already tearing at its seams? If you're Detective Versado's geeky teenage daughter, Layla, you commence a dangerous flirtation with a potential predator online. If you're desperate freelance journalist, Jono, you do whatever it takes to get the exclusive on a horrific story. And if you're Thomas Keen, known on the street as TK, you'll do what you can to keep your homeless family safe and find the monster who is possessed by the dream of violently remaking the world.
0: It's good. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry.
1: uh, I was just going to say, I was excited when I saw that it was the same author of The Shining Girls, because I think you've given that quite a bit of praise.
0: Yeah, and I actually liked Broken Monsters better than The Shining Girls. Okay. Um, I read Broken Monsters in one day. Oh. That's just how good it was for me, so.
1: And she's, she's pretty
0: chunky. She's a...
1: She really has, look. It looks like um, 435.
0: Mm-hmm. But nice. it's, I mean, like, it's, it'll keep you going. Um, yeah. It's a good one. Yeah, I'm excited you have that on your list. I forgot that I got that for you.
1: Yeah, I know, because I was like, because I think you got us five. Um, and so obviously I'm reading the girls right now. By Emma Klein, and then this would be my second. And then my mom's read the Nos 482.
0: Oh, Nos 482, yeah. Yeah. So that is the- sp- that. That's a spooky one. That is not one that I would uh, recommend for you because you don't like scary stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you got us Atonement.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I forget the other one you got us.
0: Well, I got you the girls.
1: Yeah, but right? I think yeah, you got me the girls. You got me. You got us Broken Monsters for. Fornos 8-2, and then, but I, it was like something ghost or something.
0: Oh, um, a head full of ghosts. Yes. Yeah, yes. that one. So, okay. All right. Your number cool. nine. My number nine is a classic, The Shining. Ooh. Um, I don't know how much introduction I have to do to this one, but basically a man moves his wife and his young son to become a caretaker for this hotel that shuts down over the winter. They're very isolated and slowly the dead starts going crazy, ghosts, spooky stuff. Um very different from the movie Stanley Cooper put out. <laughs> uh follows the same. <clears throat> sorry. <coughs> oh god. Follows the same, you know, general storyline, but I remember reading it in I think it's, seventh or eighth grade Oh my god! <laughs> yeah like i did not make smart decisions when i was little like that's not hold on. i think
1: i think i watched it at a young age i probably should
0: know. yeah um well i read it when i was in eighth i think so <laughs> um i'll give a shout out to the first stephen king book i ever read and that was sixth or seventh grade and that kind of kicked everything off i bought the book at a Middle school book fair. So, really, who's to blame? Yeah, yeah,
1: that book should not be at a middle middle school book
0: fair. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just it's it's scary. It's there's weird things. Uh, just and then the sense of isolation that you get from it. It's actually a kind of similar in the way that Firestarter is. Like you've got. The, the mom, Wendy, who's so desperate to protect her son, and instead of it just being these outside, this outside entity trying to get uh, to him, it's her husband, you know, her husband's, or her father's son, and, or her, yeah, her son's father, um, trying to protect him against that, while also having just the, the craziness of this hotel and the isolation, and uh, it's a good one.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned the movie, and. I did hear that Stephen King did not like the adaptation.
0: He did not. Um, I mean, the the adaptation is, it's another fairly famous movie. Um, People, there's a, a documentary, I can't remember, can't recall the name of it exactly, but it's people breaking down their theories of oh, is this Stanley Kubrick admitting to helping to fake the moon landing? No, it's actually his interpretation of this. And it's actually, so. like people have studied this movie um, and have their own thoughts and ideas and interpretations of it, which are completely separate from the book. (laughs) So, but yeah, Stephen King was not a fan of it at all. Interesting. I believe we were on you, correct?
1: Yeah. Okay, so my... Number nine book that I want to read before the end of the year is American Dirt by Janine Cummings. And I think it has one of the prettiest covers. Yes. Um, but my mom got this me got this for me for Christmas. Um it says Lydia Perez lives in the Mexican city of Acapulco. She runs a bookstore. She has a son, Luca, The Love of Her Life, and a wonderful husband who is a journalist. And while there are cracks beginning to show in the Alcapuco because of the drug cartels, her life is by, by and large fairly comfortable. Even though she knows they'll never sell, Lydia stocks some of her all time favorite books in her store. And then one day a man enters the shop to browse and comes up to the register with a few books he would like to buy, two of them her favorites. Javier is charming and unbeknownst to Lydia, he is the jefe. Of the newest drug cartel that is gruesomely taken over the city. When Lydia's husband's tell-all profile of Javier is published, none of their lives will ever be the same. Forced to flee, Lydia and eight-year-old Luca soon find themselves miles and worlds away from their comfortable middle-class existence. Instantly transformed into migrants, Lydia and Luca ride La Bestia trains that make their way south toward the United States, which is the only way Javier's reach doesn't extend. As they join the countless people trying to reach El Norte, Lydia soon sees that everyone is running from something, but what exactly are they running to? I do
0: know that that book was one of Oprah's new book club picks. Yes. There was was some controversy behind it. Yes,
1: there is a lot of controversy behind it.
0: Um... So, like, that one and then My Dark Vanessa, I think, was the other one that had a lot of controversy behind it, which is on my to-read list, but I'm interested to see when you read that, what you think.
1: Yeah, from, I'm trying to think of what I remember from the controversy. I think it has to do about, like, um, the author's um, representation of, like, immigration.
0: Mm -hmm. I think she's, I think she said she's, she's white, but her husband is from Mexico, but then that turned out to not quite be true. I don't. I, I remember reading a lot about it when it first kind of that book first kind of hit the scene.
1: Yeah. So um, hopefully, I get a chance to read it this year. I'll let y'all know. Um, I hope that the controversy doesn't like deter from the story, but we will see. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Cool. It does have a really pretty cover, though.
1: It is super pretty. I I really can't wait. For us to do like our favorite covers of like 2021 of books we've read because we have some good ones.
0: Very much like wine. Sometimes I choose my books based on the prettiest cover. (laughs) Oh, that's a pretty bottle. I'm going to drink that. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, I know. It ends up being the worst. (laughs) I'm like, man, that book was bad. bad." (laughs) Um, Okay, my number eight pick I think is going to surprise you a little bit. I think you're going to think this one was going to be higher up, but it didn't end up being that way uh is it
1: oh yeah i would have said top five for sure for you
0: yeah no it came in eight i Um, think i would
1: have also put the shining in top five but that's also probably me just thinking these are his most well-known books so i i just assume that it's everybody's favorites
0: yeah um so i like i have said i read it in middle school um and at the time when i read it I very much so identified with all of the kids in the story because we were about the same age. You know, the, the themes of growing up and all that we were very similar, going through it. Identified with them a lot. Reread it a few years ago as an adult and then very much so identified with the adults and what they found scary and their fears. So I do think if you read it as a kid, rereading it as an adult can kind of give you a new perspective on the book. Um, didn't freak me out as much time the second time around. Like, I remember the first time I read it, and this may be why it's not top five, the first time I read it, I remember being afraid of going to the bathroom, I remember being afraid to take a shower with the shower curtain closed, like uh, a fear of libraries at one point because of, like, being alone in a library. Oh, that's because so scary. Of a, because of a scene and stuff like that. And then I reread it, and they were like, you know, some things that freaked me out, but it was more of, it wasn't like, don't go in the bathroom. A clown might get you. It was more of like an existential thing of of, more, you know, not so concrete fear thing. So it was still scary. I still enjoyed it, but um, yeah, it's a little bit lower on my list. It's a, it's a chunky boy, but (laughs) It's an it's yeah. another one of those books where it's like on the surface it's very scary but it it, it ends up being a book about growing up and um you know going yeah. back to where you came from so
1: okay so i have a question about the movies
0: mm-hmm. so
1: the original it movie that came out a long time ago
0: Tim Curry as Pennywise is
1: that that does that cover the entire book
0: Pretty much, yes. So the miniseries, the miniseries, and both the new movies kind of cover the main basis on the whole thing. I would say that the two new movies go more in depth and pull out certain things from the book that aren't necessarily in the miniseries. One of my favorite parts in the in the new movies are the rock fight at the quarry that they have because that's like an entire separate section of the book. And the kids are having, like, I mean, like, literally throwing rocks at each other, fighting their bullies. Um, And that was one of my favorite scenes in the book, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the movies. And if I recall correctly, like, it's, it's either not done in the miniseries, or it's not done to the extent that it was in.
1: So do you think they made two parts so that you could put more detail from the
0: book in it? Yeah, I think this is one of the few cases where splitting the book up into two different movies helped it more than hindered it because yes. they could fit a lot more um, into it than what they could if they tried to just do one movie. Okay, so it was my, it was one of the times where I wasn't exactly, you know, I didn't consider it a money grab because I just was like, there's a lot in this book, and if they want to put certain things in it, like, they're going to have to make it, too. Yeah.
1: I think with big books like that, you have to think like that. You need to think, like, okay, can you still fit everything into two movies, or would this book be better as a series?
0: Mm -hmm. I think think they did a good job with the two movies. I liked Mm -hmm. part one better than part two, Um, but I thought, like, the casting for the adults was spot on, like, you know... I'm I'm hard pressed to criticize it.
1: Yeah.
0: So cool. Yeah.
1: Don't know if I'll ever read it, but alright.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are some straight up like like whoa. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just I just remember the movie as a kid and I was like, why did I watch this?
0: Yeah. The scene like the the scene that sticks out to me was when they're adults is when they're eating other Chinese food they like crack open the fortune cookies and it's like eyeballs and like weird stuff crawling out and then okay I think it was a Mike the character Mike who's just like it's all hallucination it's not real and everyone else is like ah
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so um my number eight book again most of these are books i got for christmas from my mom but this one i had never heard of um but it's called the story life of aj fikri by G- gabrielle zevin
0: I've, I've seen that on a bunch of people's lists
1: yes um this one just has a real short um synopsis it says aj Fickery's life is not all not at all what he expected it to be he lives alone his bookstore is experiencing the worst sales in its history and now his prized possession, a rare collection of Poe poems, has been stolen. But when a mysterious package appears at the bookstore, its unexpected arrival gives Vickery the chance to make his life over and see everything anew. Um. So do you remember when we read, like, Mr. Penumbra's, like, 24-hour bookstore?
0: Yes, surprisingly very much so enjoyed that book.
1: Yeah, right? Like, I think at the beginning I was like, I have no idea where this is going. Um. But again, I don't like that. I, 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 it makes me sad when they say, like, a bookstore is experiencing bad sales. Yeah. It, makes me, it makes me so sad. So, yeah. But that is number eight for me on my list.
0: All right. You ready for number seven? I'm ready. Number seven, I have Misery. Ooh, see, I
1: think I would have would have thought maybe top five too for that one.
0: Yeah, um, Misery came in before it, but uh, Misery, another I think really good Stephen King adaptation into a movie with Kathy Bates. Uh huh. Um, she just she played she plays crazy very well. <laughs> but Misery, uh, there's an author who writes a very famous book series kills off one of the characters whose name is Misery. He's driving along, gets into a car accident, wakes up. This woman is there and she's, uh, Annie Bates, she's taking care of him and she's like, oh, you know, like you broke your leg, something like that. She's like, don't worry, I'm a nurse. I'm gonna take care of you. And she, she finds out that she is like a super, super fan, obsessed, very upset that he killed off Misery and she slowly starts to spiral from there. Um again, another really good movie adaptation. I would say this is another one that you could you could read because there's not ghosts yeah. or anything like that. Um if that's what you you know, supernatural stuff that that's not what you're into yeah. for horror. Um, very, very much so one scene that sticks out in my mind still to this day. Not the scene in the movie where she hobbles him because in the book she does something very similar, she chops off his foot. But, um, is when he, there are a couple of like really good, um, like scenes where you're like, you, you feel like you're tensing up cause you're just like, oh my God, like, like either don't get caught or be careful. You start to realize things, but he thinks that he's about to be saved. He sees somebody coming up to the window he's trying to get their attention and, uh, like, out of nowhere, Andy Bates comes riding up on a lawnmower and just, mo- like, oh. runs over this guy in a mower and kills him. Oh, my <laughs> you're God. Just like you're just like, oh, my God, he's never getting out. He's stuck here forever. <laughs> oh, mess, no. That, that scene. That scene messed me up. Yeah, um,
1: I, actually, I actually agree, like, that that's one of the books that I do want to read because I know it's not, like, super, super scary. Mm-hmm. So, or, like not as horror driven um so that one is definitely on my list of another stephen king book i want to read okay so we're on number seven yep so this book is my christmas stocking book that my mom got me so i have to read this one (laughs) this year (laughs) that is the rules of the game it is the It is the Joy Luck Club by Amy Tan, and and it's a really cool edition.
0: Ooh, yeah, I've never seen that one before.
1: Yeah, and so what this edition is, um, is there's 26 of them, and they all represent a letter, and it's the letter of the last, the first letter of the author's last name. So it just happens to be, obviously, her last name is Tan. But, like, it's tea for, like, Tiffany also. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. Um, So this one is, in 1949, four Chinese women, recent immigrants to San Francisco, gather to play mahjong? Mahjong. Okay. Remember the past and gossip into the night. United in unspeakable loss and new hope, they call themselves the Joy Luck Club. With wit and sensitivity, Amy... Tan examines the sometimes painful, often tender memories that reveal these women's strength, worries, and determination, which their American born daughters reject as irrelevant. The daughters, in turn, recall pivotal moments of their own past. They believe their mother's expectations have um, stymied their ability to face the uncertainties of the future. We see how the inheritance of pain and unsaid secrets have led to misunderstanding, and yet how love can still undo the damage and provide reconciliation. So, that is, I think this one's a pretty popular, like, I don't know if it's considered a classic or anything, but.
0: Um, I constantly see it on lists of, like, 100 books to read before you die, yeah. books to read in your lifetime, um, so.
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of excited about it. I had no idea what to expect, because um, she kept saying, I just made a,
0: She's like, I saw it and I bought it, and that was the book. And I was like, okay. <laughs> T for Tiffany. Yeah. Nice, so nice. All right. Number six is Revival by Stephen King. Obviously. So you know, list of books he wrote. But um <laughs> <laughs> this one is I'm gonna say new newish. So far the ones that I've mentioned I think have all been. Like 80s and 90s, maybe like 70s, 80s and 90s. He had written them. Uh, This book was published. 2013 or 2014. I remember reading it when I first moved to Texas. Um, and it's. uh, About this guy who, um, oh gosh, oh no, hold on, okay, um, so revivals were, were big at, I think in like the late 1800s, early 1900s, if I'm recalling it correctly, and they were, these tents they would put up, and these traveling preachers, and people would get together to praise God, and, um, Stephen King kind of took that, that notion, and, turned it a little bit on his head i will say it's again another one that's not super scary yeah so uh there's a, a minister and he's got a wife and everybody kind of loves him and then all of a sudden his wife and um his son are killed in this, this car accident and so he he has this moment at a a revival or at a church where he denounces God and because of this and he gets kind of banished and then the main character kind of traveling through his life meets up with this minister again at various points um there's some things with electricity involved and uh, I'm having a hard time explaining it but there's oh hello Um, (laughs) um, it's again one of those books where i feel like stephen king in his his cocaine years um a lot of his stuff throughout his writing was very like frantic and scary and then he's kind of slowly shifted away from that and a lot of his newer stuff is more um it still has that that horror and that thriller element but it's a lot more like the struggles of the people are a little more relatable. I think the main character in Revival, if I'm recalling correctly, he he suffers with addiction, and so this preacher kind of helped him with that. But there's still some sinisterness to it. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's just a different a different era of Stephen King. And you know, I kind of read it not really expecting a whole lot, and just really enjoyed it. Um, again, another book for. For somebody who's not super into scary stuff, could get behind it.
1: Yeah. As you were talking, I just thought of like more books that I've actually read by him. But we again, we can go into that like at the end or whatever. But um, I do I do think like his more recent books are less horror, mm-hmm. and so I can enjoy them more.
0: Yeah, I mean, he has the whole Mister Mercedes trilogy, which. Mm-hmm is definitely more detective noir and there's another book it didn't make my top 10 but i i read it uh, a couple of years ago called joyland and it's it's little murder mystery there's still kind of a ghost involved but it's definitely more of a of a, like a coming of age who done it sort of thing so yeah. i'm not i know there are some people who want him to go back to his original you know, frantic horror, but I'm I'm kind of enjoying it. I still like the super scary stuff. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I like some of the stuff that he's he's got going on now. So.
1: now. Yeah. Um, so, book six for me that I need to read before the end of the year, and only so that Lindsay and I can enjoy book four, is A Storm of Sor- Swords by George R. R. Martin, which is <laughs> the third book in the fire and ice series or song of ice and fire sorry um it says of the five contenders for power one is dead another is disfavor and still the war rage as alliances are made and broken joffrey sits on the iron throne the uneasy ruler of the seven kingdoms his his most bitter rival lord stannis stands defeated and disgraced victim of the sorceress who holds him in her thrall Young Robb still rules the north from the fortress of River Run. meanwhile making her way across a blood-drenched continent is the exiled Queen Daenerys, mistress of the only three dragons left in the world. And as opposing forces maneuver for their final showdown, an army of barbaric wildlings, wildlings arrive from the outermost limits of civilization, accompanied by a horde of mythical others, a supernatural army of the living dead whose animated corpses are unstoppable. I feel like we're starting to get to like the good stuff, like, like, because I've seen the I've seen the series, so I know where this is going to be heading. And that was a great part of like a Game of Thrones, like it's in that like season three ish, season four where you just could not stop watching it.
0: Yeah, I for me so far it's like book one had um, Ned Stark dying. Yeah, like, that was the big one. Spoiler two, alert. Yeah, this, we should probably <laughs> just rename this thing, spoiler alert. I know. But, um, Book two had The Red Wedding. No, I felt like no, it, no, it
1: didn't.
0: Book two didn't?
1: No, because I have not gotten to that yet. Are you sure? Yeah. I have not gotten to it. I think it's book three. Shit. I know, because I haven't gotten to it. I mean, obviously I know about it because of the show, but yeah. I'm trying to think of what the major things were in um, cause like this one book book two was more about the fight to become king. Like you had Stannis and um what was the other brother, Remy or something? Rinley Rinley. yeah, like to see who should be who should take over after Robert died. Um, and you had um, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Daenerys is, like, making her way um, to the uh, Seven Kingdoms. Now I'm trying to think of all the things, because I think I finished it, like, in February.
0: So, but, yeah. yeah. you're right. I just Googled it. Um, yeah. I so have... was,
1: I'm trying to think if there was any major deaths, like, as shocking in two. And I don't think that there was anything so, so crazy.
0: I just, I, I read A Storm of Swords in 2016, so it's been a while, I'm probably going to have to reread a, uh, um, summary somewhere, (laughs) (laughs) so I have have some idea of what's going on. Yeah, I'll probably do, like, a summary
1: of, um, the second book right before I start this one, just to, like, refresh my memory of, like, where we left off, um, but, like, once you get back into it, it kind of all comes back to you, um. But yeah. So I'm excited. It's a big one. I think it'll be my biggest book this year. So yeah, that's book six.
0: Well, maybe once you read it, you can give me a rundown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Depending on how long it takes me to read, I'm like, I don't remember the beginning. (laughs) But
0: yeah. Okay. Um,
1: We're in our top five.
0: All right, number five for me, slightly topical, is The Stand. A mysterious illness is set upon the world, and was it something like all but 2% some crazy amount of the world's population has died? Um, and then it becomes a battle between. Basically, between good versus evil, you've got uh, the man in black who's kind of trying to set up this new world order where he's running things and he's evil, and then you've got the good camp in Colorado that's uh, Mother Abigail's her name. and she's um, she's running everything and she's trying to just, you know, get society like get get humanity back. and uh, I it's I read the book. It took me about a month to read. It's another Thick Boy. Um, and I just remember, like, really liking it and being so exhausted by the end of reading it that I didn't read anything for, like, a month and a half. <laughs> but, um, and, yeah, topical, like I said, with everything that's going on now in the world. But um, it was – there were so many things that happened where I was like, oh, no, oh, my God, oh, no. Um <laughs> And then it's it's very interesting because in that book, the man in black is a character that shows up in a bunch of other Stephen King books, um, most notably the Dark Tower series. Um, but it was I highly recommend it. I have heard good things about the new the new miniseries um, that came out with um, Chris. I think it's Chris Pine. Who plays the main character, but um, one of the more disturbing parts, and it's crazy because this was written early 90s, I believe, um, is there's this character who's like, not the best looking guy, anything like that, but he very much so has this mentality of, I was nice to her, women owe me sex, you know, that's... You know why are you going to be nice to me if you're not interested in me? And it's like they're treating you like a human being, Yeah. Um, which we see a, a lot of now, especially with the internet being so prevalent and a lot of things. And um, the Man in Black kind of uses uses that character to to infiltrate and to get at you know the good guys. And so it's it was written and published decades ago and it's I feel like especially that character is more relevant now than ever so again another book not nothing super freaky in it just more of especially again with COVID the reality of like a worldwide disease that we don't know of and the opening is very stuck with me because it's about kind of the first guy getting infected and him trying to leave and get out and causing you know just the ripple effect of that but is this
1: his largest book
0: i don't know i think his largest book is under the dome oh oh but but i do i I mean the stand is chunky so it might be i think my copy is like close to 1200 pages maybe
1: That's what, um, this, A Storm of Swords is a little over 1100, and his writing is so tiny, there's so many words on one page, (laughs) but
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, I took that, that was another book that I traveled with, because I had two 13-hour flights, and I was like, this will be good, and... I think i managed to get through like 800 pages on the trip God, and it was just that's, like that's still really, a lot yeah
1: that's a lot to read while traveling because even I had- like, i was gonna say like just even a 13-hour flight like i mean i definitely could not read the entire 13 hours oh no but i think at some point too i'd be like i've been reading the same book sitting here for so long like I need something else like unless the book like you say like it's just captivating and you can't put it down that type of thing either.
0: Well I we also had multiple flights so I, oh, had, okay. I had Lubbock to Vegas, Vegas to LA, LA to Auckland and then when we were actually in New Zealand we had three or four other smaller flights Yeah, and then had Auckland to LA, LA to Austin so like I had a bunch of <laughs> like I had time to read it and stuff it's just it's
1: just a lot oh I mean I can't imagine I think um that's what I'm like I'm hoping with my flight on Thursday like I'm hoping to be done with the girls by Thursday and then I can focus on Anna Karenina's part because it's just like like you said I think it's about 200-ish pages for both parts total um so, I mean, that's very doable on a flight. Yeah. Uh, so, and I should have less than that by the time I get to Thursday because I do plan on reading some. Um, but yeah, so I'm hoping I can knock that out on that flight. So we'll see. All right. My top five.
0: Um, um,
1: we are both very familiar with this author in this series. It is. The Joe Nesbo, Harry Hole series, but it's hey. the Snowman. Is that the first one in the series? No, I'm pretty sure this is far down the list, too. <laughs> but I've heard so many good things about The Snowman in general.
0: I think The Snowman was turning to a movie with um, Michael Fassbender.
1: Yeah, it was not great.
0: It, you watched it? Was it good? Uh,
1: it was on TV one day, and we had it on, and I was like... At first, it took me a minute to realize what it was, but I and then I heard the name Harry Holes, and I was like, "Wait, what is this?" Um, again, the what was the first one we read? The
0: Thirst. The Thirst. And my immature mind could not stop laughing at the Thirst, a Harry Holes novel.
1: Yes, and it wasn't the first one in the series.
0: No, that's like number like forty or something.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, like way, way in the series. Let me see if I can, like, pull it up real quick. But as I'm doing that, I will read the synopsis for this one. It says, one night after the year's first snowfall, a boy named Jonas wakes up and discovers that his mother has disappeared. Only one trace of her remains a pink scarf. His Christmas gift to her now worn by the snowman that inexplicably appeared in their yard earlier that day. Inspector Harry Hole suspects a link between the missing woman and a suspicious letter he's received. The case deepens when a pattern emerges. Over the past decade, 11 women have vanished, all on the day of the first snow. But this is a killer who makes his own rules, and he'll break his pattern just to keep the game interesting, as he draws Harry ever closer into his twisted web. So, the first book in the series is called The Bat. Mm. Um. Let me see if I can find. So the thirst was number 11. OK. Um, that list only went to number 12 and the snowman was not on that one, so that's cool. Um, It looks like the snowman. Oh, I don't know. It's too much. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out while you're reading your book number four, but again. With the Harry Hole series, i heard really good things about The Snowman. So this is not a series that I care to read in order. I feel like it's like when we read The Thirst, we didn't really need the first 10 books. No. So I was fine with it. So yeah, The Snowman.
0: Nice. Um, my number four is The Green Mile. <gasps> Great book. That was
1: was my first Stephen King novel. Really? Yes. Good one. There's no way this one can be scary.
0: And it's not. And it still has some of the, like, supernatural elements to it and murder and stuff like that. But, like, I sobbed at multiple points during that book. Like, full on, in my bed, sobbed.
1: I think I read it in high school so I definitely was not a crier then I was not emotional um so I did not (laughs) but it I think if I read it now I probably would
0: um yeah I just think it's and I haven't seen the movie but it's I've heard that's great too um but it it was it's so good it's so good uh, it's it was one of those books where it was just—I felt like not to again throughout Bear Town because we all know how much I loved Bear Town. But it was just like every every little thing felt necessary to the story. There was no weird offshoots. The care, like the characters, I all felt something for. Um, just like I—I I don't know. It was. I thought I'll explain why it's not my number one Stephen King book. Um, So I have three more, but like, it's, it's a damn near perfect book for me. Like, it's so good. It was, it was brilliant. So good. So um, just, yeah, Uh, I think if somebody, if somebody came to me and was like, I want to read a Stephen King novel, that's not scary this would be my number one that I would give them because my next three, well, my next, my top two are definitely a little bit more his traditional scary, but um, yeah, this would be one where I was just like, it's, I don't know, not to be cliche, but like it's got heart. It's got, you're going to feel for all the characters, even the ones where you're like um, uh, the the French guy, like all these people are on death row and you know some of them killed people but like you still still felt something for them Um, I I think that's
1: why I read that book is because like I knew Stephen King wrote scary books all horror but I think I had seen the movie before I had read the book in high school so I knew that it wasn't scary and I wanted to read a Stephen King novel so I remember I was like well I guess this is the one I'm going to read and I
0: absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, it's it's a great. Yeah, at a loss for words. It. It's a great book. Yeah, like, um, I like to be perfectly honest. I think it's one of the books that really helped me. I guess like not trying to get political or anything, but it really helped me become anti-death penalty. Um, just due to, due to the main character, um, and just the whole, like, I, I don't know, like, I, I there's some books that you read, and they just really affect you, and this was one of them.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. I like that. I'm glad that's on your
0: list. Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> I didn't know if you had read it, because we've, I don't think we've ever talked about
0: it. Yeah, no, so. I'm, I'm saying, like, like, I remember very specifically, when they do execute the Frenchman, just laying in my bed, where I was still, I think I was in high school at the time, laying in my bed and just like, (laughs) like like crying and then being like, who's gonna take care of his mice?
1: I was just gonna ask you, I was like, is he the one that had the mouse?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like, who's gonna take care of him? Ah." (laughs) And then I came downstairs and my mom's like, are you okay? And I was like, my book, my book.
1: um uh, i will say because i know you don't want to watch bear town because you don't want it to like change any of your thoughts you would love the movie
0: so like i i've seen obviously tom hanks isn't it um yes is it michael clark duncan or michael duncan yes. clark? Uh, yes. he plays he plays john and, like, for me, once I read it and then I saw who it was, I was like, those are, that's a perfect casting. Oh,
1: it was brilliant.
0: So, um, you know, I think I'm, I'll eventually find the time to watch the movie. Yeah. I might do it alone. Get <laughs> box of tissues ready.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Oh, that, that one's good. I'm so glad that's in your list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My number four. Um, this was recommended to me. By a friend that she also likes to read. We give recommendations. Um, it is Dragon Teeth by Michael Crichton.
0: Um, I love Michael Jurassic- Crichton.
1: Yes. I've never read anything by him. I've never read Jurassic Park or anything.
0: Jurassic Park, Lost World, um, um, Andromeda Strain's really, really good.
1: Yeah, I have never read what, anything.
0: Oh, what's the one with time travel? <laughs> I can't remember the one with time travel. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I enjoy a lot of Michael Crichton. He, Have you watched ER? No. He was the creator for ER. Oh, wow. And okay. my, my mom, who was an ER nurse, was like, ER is one of the, like, ER and Scrubs are two of the shows that are, like, and medically most... closest to what actually happens.
1: I've, I've heard that multiple times about Scrubs, that that one's very mm-hmm. accurate.
0: It's like um, when, it's like, I think people get surprised because it's a comedy, but it's like when you tell people, like, the trial scenes in My Cousin Vinny oh. it's like... Okay. So accurate.
1: <laughs> First off, okay, now that you brought this up, okay, so My Cousin Vinny's my favorite movie mm-hmm. of all time. Like, that and Remember the Titans, but they're very different ones, hilarious, and ones more serious. My favorite movies. Um, but I remember being in a forensic psychology class in college, and he was showing the scene where the, um, the public defender is doing his opening, and mm-hmm. he's... He's, like, stuttering and stuff. And I had never seen this movie before. And, Lindsay, I'm not playing. I had tears in my eyes in class because I was laughing so hard in class. I had to look over to the girl beside me, and I was like, what movie was this again? And she's like, my cousin Vinny. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course it is. I've seen it. (laughs) So (laughs) I knew exactly what this was. And then, so, I, like, obviously went home, watched the entire movie. I can pretty much quote the entire movie by heart. If it's on TV, I'm watching it. It's so good. Well um, yesterday at work we had courtroom testimony training
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they show the clip where they're doing the Vore dire on Marissa Tomei's character yes. about the, the car. And again, I was just like one of the most iconic scenes uh, won her her Oscar. I'm sure um, I just like you said how accurate it is because it is used in so many things. For training,
0: yeah, I remember um, my friend who went to—he's a lawyer. She was talking about, and they're in law school. One of their—I don't—I don't know what class it was. know, I, mean, I didn't right. go to law school, but she said in one of their classes they showed that that Boy Dyer clip. Uh-huh. They said like, you know, basically like, this is accurate, and like, you would never think from a comedy, you know? They oh. show serious stuff, but
1: it is to me. It, I mean, it is the best movie to me, but yes, I oh, I love it so much. Um, okay, so back to Dragon Teeth. Yes, this sorry, one I is, didn't you off on No, no, I'm glad we did, because then you brought up my cousin Vinny, and I'm telling you, if you get me talking, I'm going to be like, you're going to shoot a dia? Like, okay, like, this is, <laughs> it's my movie. Um, the year is 1876. Warring Indian tribes still populate America's western territories even as lawless gold rush towns begin to mark the landscape. And two monomaniacal paleontologists pillage the Wild West, hunting for dinosaur fossils um, while um, surveilling, deceiving, and sabotaging each other into this treacherous territory plunges William Johnson, a student who has joined world-renowned paleontologist Charles Marsh on his latest expedition. But when Marsh becomes convinced that William is spying for his nemesis, Edward Drinker Cope, he abandons him in Cheyenne, Wyoming, a locus of crime and vice. William joins forces with Cope and soon stumbles upon a discovery of historic
0: proportions.
1: Have you read this one?
0: No, but okay. every Michael Crichton book I've read, I've enjoyed.
1: Yeah, um, so when my friend recommended it to me, I just happened to be at the bookstore and it was five dollars. So I was like
0: getting it. Yeah, Um, I think if you if you enjoy that one, you should read The Andromeda Strain. Okay. Um, It's it's. Again, similar, there's a a town where everybody dies from this mysterious illness, except for a very old man and a young baby. And so they go in, they have to figure out the students to figure out like why. These people died, and like I, I found that Mike Curtin does a really good job of putting in enough science so that someone like you and I, who really has an interest in it, mm-hmm. like we get really into the science. But he still carries the story along, so you're not bogged down in, you know, technical. Oh,
1: yeah, I, I agree. And then again, of course, I want to read Jurassic Park. I have Lost World, but. I'm pretty sure that's the sequel, so I can't read that first. Um, Also, I found out The Snowman is book seven.
0: Okay.
1: So so I'm going back in time. We've read book 11. Now I'm reading book seven. So.
0: Cool. Okay. (laughs) Top three. So this next one was written by Stephen King and Peter Stroud. I'm going to guess it. Okay.
1: The Talisman.
0: Yes. (laughs) Um, i have read this this is another stephen king book that i've read twice and it it's it's kind of an adventure book like a like a fantasy adventure book um it's about you know stephen king in his dark tower series and a couple of his other books i was talking about the man in black uh, earlier in the stand he set up this whole other parallel fantasy world and parallel universes and stuff and um the talisman is kind of an introduction to that it's about this boy and um he his mother is very sick and he's it's kind of this like cross-country journey but he can also go in and out of this parallel universe where and the I'm having a really hard time explaining it but it's it's a coming of age adventure book. It's so good. If you like if you read, you know, one of his other books and Stephen King kind of mentions these other worlds and you're interested but you kind of don't really know what to do, go back and read The Talisman. It's a great intro to it. Um he has a final battle scene. There is there's a character who's Like a werewolf or part wolf, who I loved both times I read it. I was like, this this character is a little annoying, but he's kind of funny and stuff like that. Apparently, people don't like this character. I don't. I disagree with that. But um, but just a great coming of age novel. There's, he's he's battling villains in real life and villains in this other world, and it's just, I loved it. It was, it's a, a book that you know i talk about reading it and stuff in 8th grade and some of the other ones where it's like was this appropriate for me to be reading no um the talisman i would say was would be appropriate for me to read
1: um so i have your copy yes because you did i think i was like okay give me some stephen king books to read um i haven't read that one yet because that one is a huge one as well
0: yes and it has a sequel called black house where it's the same it's the kid, but however many years later, he's an adult now, he's a detective, um, and he's kind of investigating some weird murders, some children go missing or show up dead and stuff like that, um, and it's a sequel, and that one is really, really good too. It didn't quite make my top ten, but it's, it's definitely on there. Um, I recommend both of them. I loved both, but The Talisman I think for me is is a good good gateway Stephen King if you want to go more of the fantasy route rather than
1: yeah or he, cuz he's going on this adventure to like save
0: his mom, right? Yes. And so okay. like like people've got like like basically twins. So it would be like you here in this world and then you in the, the parallel universe. You've got somebody a car- like person that that mimics you is, is your twin. Um and so his mom's twin, if I'm recalling correctly, is the, the queen in the parallel universe. And okay. he's trying to save her from um the man in black and then his mom in real life is sick. And so it's just it's just it's really good. I enjoyed it. Um, like okay. I said, it's a good introduction to kind of the the setup and the idea of everything that goes along in um the The Dark Tower series and his parallel universes. And
1: have you read the entire Dark Tower series?
0: I haven't. I read the Gunslinger a while ago, and um, wanted to keep reading, but I just got distracted by other books. And so I'd go. I would if I were to read it, I would go back. I want to read it. If I go back, I'm going to reread the Gunslinger, and then okay, yeah. After that, go forward. So fun. Because The Gunslinger has one of the best opening lines for me, too. And I remember reading something about it, and Stephen King was like, I wrote this line, like, he was in an English class, and he wrote it, and he was just like, this is the perfect opening line, and then did nothing with it for a couple (laughs) of years, and then came back and wrote a book about it, so. I like
1: how how much you, like, pay attention to opening lines. Like, I don't think I've ever, like, focused that much sometimes on opening lines
0: of a book mm-hmm. they um they're one of the few things where like if it catches me right away there's a good chance that I'm going to be able to power through the rest of it like yeah like I just I, I like I don't know there, there's something special about an open like a really good opening line yeah all
1: um, right that's funny I like
0: that so Beartown has a good opening line too okay I remember sending it to you and being like, "Oh okay, this is what this <laughs> book's gonna be about. And we're going,
1: <laughs> and we're going.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah. Um, so book three for me is was on um, Reese's book club. So when we do her book club, maybe we'll read it again. I don't know, we'll see. because um, she has a ton of books on her mm-hmm. list as well. But this is such a fun age by Kylie Reed.
0: I've seen that on a lot
1: of so at the very top it just says what happens when you do the right thing for the wrong reason. Um, Alex Chamberlain is a woman who gets what she wants and has made a living with her confidence driven brand showing other women how to do the same. So she is shocked when her babysitter Amira Tucker is confronted while watching the Chamberlain's toddler one night walking the aisles of their local high end supermarket. The store security guard, seeing a young black woman out late with a white child, accuses Amira of kidnapping two-year-old Briar. A small small crowd gathers, a bystander films everything, and Amira is furious and humiliated. Alex resolves to make things right, but Amira herself is aimless, broke, and worried of Alex's desire to help. At 25, she is about to lose her health insurance and has no idea what to do with her life. When the video of Amira goes public and unearths someone from Alex's past, both women find themselves on a crash course that will upend everything they think they know about themselves and each other. So, sounds pretty great, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, that's been on, um, again, a bunch of lists. For, yeah. I think it was, was it published in 2019, 2018?
1: Um, let me see if I can find that real quick.
0: Early 2020? um uh 2019 okay yeah yeah because I remember seeing that on a bunch of like new books you should read
1: yeah this one and I think my next like my last two also are going to be the same thing like just very popular on everybody's list of books you should read so we're down to our final two
0: all right, my second one. And this is actually one you have read. Okay. It's Carrie. <gasps> yes, I have. So Carrie, um, there's definitely a little bit more horror to it. I think, would you agree with that? Like, there's definitely some... Yeah,
1: Um. I mean, it definitely, I didn't, I was never really scared. It was just yeah. uh, more like the supernatural of it.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of um, like... Kind of like a sad book. Oh, really. I was,
1: I didn't. I was like, I'm sad for her. She's bullied. I was like, I don't feel any sympathy for these kids that, that she did this thing to. I was like, these people are so mean to her. Like, yeah, hate was like, hated, insane.
0: Hated her mom. Uh, oh, yes, terrible. Kid, kid, yeah. Like just, just like a profound amount of sympathy for Carrie as a character. Um, I think especially. I don't know how you felt, but like remembering back to the first time I got my period and how it was kind of like and like I knew what was going to happen. Like I knew what was happening. Yes. And um, knowing that Carrie didn't like that whole scene in the shower where she gets her period and everything mean to her and stuff like that. It was just so so heartbreaking. Um, And, you know, I'm not one to condone violence but sometimes it's good to see the bad guys get it and they got it in this so um
1: and after I read it um I watched the original with Sissy Spacek I think yeah pretty much exactly like the book Mm -hmm. because I think it had been like at least a year since I had read the book when I watched the movie and I was and everything just came back to me so but it was really good
0: yeah um it's it's a good one. It's a like again, you know, it's maybe not the best book to give kids to read to be like see bullying is bad, but No, yeah. Um, uh, but it's just like another I think another book by Stephen King where everyone's like, "Oh, Carrie, it's going to be it's going to be spooky, it's going to be scary." Yeah. And then you read it and you're just like, "Oh my god, I feel so bad for her." Like like you just want to like take her and protect her. Oh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I had such a hard time, like, reading it because I was like, this is straight up bullying.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the way the book is written, like, you jump to, like, news articles and stuff like that about her and, like, the things that have happened. And I was like, I have no sympathy for these people. Yeah. Like, again, I don't condone violence,
0: but man, like. It's it's sometimes good to see the bad guys get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's my number two. That's a it's an, it's another quick read. Like I remember oh. you borrowed my copy. Um, I remember just being like, yeah, it's a quick read. Like it should, shouldn't take you that long, but it's you know, there's the it's a it's a book that sticks with you. And I think, like you said, the movie with Sissy Spacek is is a good adaptation of it. Um, but I really feel like in the book, you kind of get the full extent of how. How just like crazy into it her mother was and um i think re- like reading it as a as a woman knowing that some of the things she was going through you're we like like you just like you just wanted to reach out and be her friend and be like no carrie that's natural like no carrie that's okay like it's okay to feel this way it's okay to do that and and to just you know she kind of she kind of had the one girl who kind of felt bad for her and then the the counselor who you know, tried to be on her side a little bit but there was just she was just like and I get that's part of the book but like there's just not that character where you just, you just wanted her so badly to have a, yeah. a true genuine friend or a true genuine yeah because, role model
1: because even the girl that was nice to her the one that said had her boyfriend take her to the dance mm-hmm. like I think she's the one that's talking at, like throughout the novel and like it doesn't seem like she had any sympathy for what happened Mm-mm. And like, I don't know, I just, it was almost like she did it because she was one of the girls that was bullying her at the beginning. Yeah. And I feel like she did it to make herself feel better instead of actually being truly a friend to Carrie. Yeah. So, um, and then like, I just thought like the scene after like the whole bathroom and getting her period when she goes to the principal's office, like the principal doesn't even know her name, doesn't know how to react, doesn't know like... How to help her, and like, I think it's the PE coach or whatever. I think she's like, slash, PE coach, slash, counselor. I think, yeah, but she was like, just send her home, let her go home. Yeah, like, she doesn't need to be here. Um, so yeah, I have no idea what your number one is. I have no idea. I'm like going through all the books that I know of, and I'm like, we did all the ones I know.
0: I think I think once I say it, you'll recall some times of me talking about it in the past, okay. too. Of just like, oh, yeah, you did say that. But okay. um, I will say it's definitely more of a traditional, scary Stephen King book. Um, okay. And yeah, so I'll leave it at that. Okay. What's your number two?
1: Oh, I think I know what your number one is now. OK, all right, <laughs> I think I know. Um, so my number two is The Vanishing Half by Brit
0: Bennett. Oh, it's um, another one that's on all these.
1: Yes, like, books. Number, yes number one, New York Times bestseller. Um, this one, I think, was, like, I don't know what year it was. I think it was 2019, but I think it, um, oh, no, 2020. But I think it, it was, like, the best book of 2020. Yeah. Um, so this one says, um, and I looked up the pronunciation, and I already forgot it, um, the Veen sisters I think is how they pronounce it will always be identical but after growing up together in a small southern black community and running away at age 16 it's not just the shape of their daily lives that is different as adults it's everything including their racial identities many years later one sister lives with her black daughter in the same southern town she once tried to escape across the country the other secretly passes for white and her white husband knows nothing of her past. Still, although separated by so many miles and just as many lies, the fates of the twins remains intertwined. What will happen when their own daughter's stories' lines intersect?
0: Yeah.
1: I, like you said, it's on a lot of lists, and I don't think I've heard a bad thing about this book. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I was... I was so excited when I unwrapped that one at Christmas. I was like,
0: ah, "I've been wanting this." And I like the, I like the cover of it a lot.
1: Yeah, that one might make that list at the end of the year. The colors, yes, yes.
0: Um, okay. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Boom! So, number one. What do you think it is?
1: Okay, when you said like the horror thing, what popped into my mind was Pet Cemetery.
0: No, that's actually my number 11. Oh! (laughs) It's Salem's Lot. I forget about that book. Yeah. So Salem's Lot, I read, um, it was right after I had moved to Lubbock. And it was fall, Halloween. So, like, the weather was getting cooler. And, um... I was sitting out on my balcony in my apartment reading this book, and the sun was starting to set. Normally, it would have been very gorgeous, lovely. Cause I had like, you know, had like a big hoodie on, and I was like, ooh, it's fall weather. So cozy, um, so cozy. And then I'm reading it, and it's talking about like how people, like people in in um, the town is called Jerusalem's Lot, but they call it Salem's Lot for short, and how people in that town once the vampires kind of slowly start like inf- like the infestation of the vampire slowly starts like people aren't fully aware of it happening mm-hmm. but there's a description where people just suddenly there's an unease people can't quite figure it out you know they're going into their houses before sundown shutting their windows locking their doors like and i'm sitting there reading as the sun's going down and i was just like i gotta get inside <laughs>
1: You know what? I'm gonna get inside. I need to lock the door. I gotta I lock to- the door. I gotta get
0: my blinds up closed. You know, I need to do
1: what they're doing. I need
0: to lock it up. So it's just the entire book. I had this general feeling of unease. And then especially one scene where in the very beginning a kid goes missing. And then it cuts to another kid who turns out to be one of the, like more main characters. And he's like, Yeah, he's you know, it's before bedtime, he's playing in his room, and all of a sudden he looks and he's like, Oh. Hey, it's the missing kid. He's outside my window. I found him. And then the kid goes, Wait a minute, I live on the second floor. <laughs> so I was just like, Oh no. <laughs> <The kid's floating>. <laughs> <laughs> and uh um, just and and I read Dracula a while ago, and it kind of some some scenes very much so parallel things that happened in Dracula. And I I enjoyed Dracula very much, but um, it's just it was it's one of my favorite Stephen King books because. Everything's scary, everything freaks me out, and not all of it is like, you know, boo ah, it's just the general feeling the entire time of feeling uneasy, wanting to make sure your doors and your windows are locked and shut and you're closed in and you're safe like so yeah, that's my number one.
1: I would not have guessed that, but again, I don't think I know much about it. I have heard of it, but I totally forgot about it. Yeah, totally forgot.
0: Salem's Lot is uh, Stephen King doing vampires.
1: Okay, so is it too scary for me?
0: Um, I have other Stephen King books I would recommend before I would <laughs> before. Get you Salem's Lot. Okay. But if you were like, you know what, if come October you were like, I want to read a scary book, I'm going to be like, I'm going to send you Salem's Lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I cannot wait for our episode of like spooky TBR. Like, when we, that, I can't wait. Even though I'm not a big spooky person, I already have two books on that list that I'm like, okay. I'll probably do three because it's October. I can't read that many books in a month. Let's not get crazy. But, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for you you to do it because I know you can go scarier than me.
0: Yeah, I enjoy. Enjoy spooky stuff. Yeah. uh...
1: Yeah, so my number one um and i think you'll know why this is my number one i think we have talked about this author this book her other book multiple times um i my number one book to read this year is the seven husbands of evelyn hugo by taylor jenkins reed yes the same author of daisy jones and the six which we both
0: loved um
1: you're currently listening to this, right? Or did you finish? So,
0: so I was about only about 20 minutes into the audiobook uh-huh. and then I went to go listen to it and I don't know what happened but it restarted from the beginning. So, I'm going to throw this out there. When you read that, you let me know and then I'll listen to it and we can okay. do we can do a comparison that way because okay. I again much like Daisy Jones and the Six, like I was enjoying all the people that they had for
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: like the narrator, like all their voices and stuff. So. Yeah.
1: Um, also, I don't know if it'll win best cover, but I just love how pretty the green dress is.
0: Oh, I know. They, um, They in the, no, I mean, it doesn't give much away, but in the beginning yeah. it talks about all of the different dresses that are being auctioned off, and it spends a lot of time talking about that green dress. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I want to wear that to feel I pretty. know,
1: green's my favorite color, so I was like, this This cover is beautiful, Um, so this one is um, reclusive Hollywood icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life, but when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant to write her story, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career, Monique listens in fascination from making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to leaving show business in the 80s and, of course, the seven husbands along the way. Evelyn um, unspools a tale of Ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. But as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and and irreversible ways. Um, I'm so excited to read this book.
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, but the, the 20 minutes or so that I listened up, I was like, ooh, this is gonna be really good. And then got busy, wasn't listening to it. Um maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll get the book from the library and kind of read along or something like yeah. that. But um Taylor Jenkins Reid has Malibu Rising.
1: I wish those words were coming out of my mouth, Lindsay. <laughs> I'm not even playing.
0: And I was like, oh, I want to read that too, because I keep seeing it everywhere. People keep yes. raving about it. So yes.
1: And, again, the cover is beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it
1: reminds me of Summer. It looks like the perfect beach read. But, again, people are raving about it. Yes. I feel like she could become one of my favorite authors. Like, I feel like I would just read anything she puts out. Um, so, yeah, that is my top ten. You have your top ten, Stephen King. Obviously, yours are books that you have read. Mine are books that I want to read. Um, but we wanted to do something special for our tenth episode, we have made it this far. We're super excited. Um, and then next week's episode will be our second episode of Anna Karenina for discussion on parts three and four. Yes. And this one was definitely a longer episode. But I feel like when we do these, like, list and stuff of books, that usually does last a little longer. But, yeah. Um, please go follow us on Instagram at reading with celebs and on twitter at reading w celebs yeah and yeah. we will happy 10 episodes
0: 10 episodes yay. yeah and we will see you next
1: week for our discussion on anna
0: karenina yes happy reading bye guys Bye. <laughs>